4: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it, deep to that field, and it's a gutter. big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you.
2: Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And
4: oh, the oh, driving jam time! The
2: Phillips win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback Come back, pattern, caught, touchdown! City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
5: Happy Easter. We have a big day of sports ahead for you on KMOX. Who's ready for some Cardinal baseball? Cardinals taking on the Brewers at 110, going for a series win. Tom Ackerman with you. We'll be with you until noon. Joe Pott takes over at 1215. Cardinals pregame at that time. Cardinals looked good yesterday, especially late, finishing off the Brewers. It's going to be a great rivalry all year long. Let's start with the Blues, though. What a day at Enterprise Center! The St. Louis Blues are going to the playoffs. It's staggering, actually, when you think about their success, going to the playoffs. One Stanley Cup, one glorious, incredible, amazing Stanley Cup and parade. That, quite frankly, I still feel a little tired from the party. It, that was three years ago, and I'm still a little worn out. Not hungover. I, I'm. I'm just. I'm. It was so good. I think we just emotionally invested ourselves in that so much that it was it was even bigger than any of us ever realized it would be. I think we always dreamed about it. But can you get back to that? I think this Blues team can. They need to fix a few things. And they need to have great goaltending. I mean, they had great goaltending in that Stanley Cup playoff run. And yesterday, they let a few goals in. It's not all the goaltender's fault. It's not anybody in particular's fault. But they did let five in. They let a lead get away, but they won it. The Blues won the game yesterday, six to five in overtime. And one of my favorites, I've been saying it, James, haven't I, all year for a long time, actually, Braden Shen. He, he he just finds a way to get things done. He was at the right place, right time, but he put himself in that spot, got the feed from Pavel Buchnevich, and he buried it. 56 seconds into overtime, and the Blues wrap up a playoff spot. They beat the Wild 6-5 to in overtime, and they spread the scoring around. Vladimir Tarasenko is on fire right now. Start the playoffs now. 91 is ready to go. He scored again. Ivan Barbashev scored again. David Perron with a goal. Brandon Sod had a pretty goal. And Buchnevich also scored. Vilihusa made 31 saves. But there were five that got past him. Shen ended it after Minnesota had that furious rally in the third period. The Blues win the game, and they sweep the season series against Minnesota. They are likely, unless something drastic happens that I'm not aware of, they're going to play Minnesota in the first round of the playoffs. Darren Pang, the analyst from Valley Sports Midwest and Networks Beyond, is going to join us live at 10.30. And I can't wait to talk to him about the Blues. He was at the game yesterday, and I can't wait to discuss everything Blues with him at ten thirty. The Blues with the win, and then the Cardinals do their thing. Let's turn our attention to our broadcasters. They give us the very latest.
4: With Ricky Horton, I'm John Rooney. Last night, the Cardinals outlasted Milwaukee two to one, out hitting the Brewers eight to five, scoring two out runs in the fourth inning on a double by Paul DeYoung and a two out RBI single in the eighth. On a base set by Corey Dickerson. And the win goes to Matz, the save to Gallegos. Two to one, Cardinals, and a chance to win three out of four. Matz picks up his first victory as a Cardinal. He certainly deserved it. Giovanni Gallegos uh, had a base runner in the ninth inning, but got the double play he needed to end it. And it was two hours and 55 minutes of fun. The Brewers and the Cardinals. Cardinals win it two to one. Fun and tension, and Mats was very good after suffering a tough loss against the Pirates at home. Did not walk a batter. He was pounding the fastball in, had a good changeup as well. Now the Cardinals have a chance to win three out of four in Milwaukee behind Dakota Hudson today. He'll be opposed by a good left-hander, Aaron Ashby. We're on the air twelve fifteen. Ricky has the lineups at one o'clock, and I'll bring you the first pitch around one ten on Easter Sunday.
5: Looking forward to it. We'll have it for you in just a couple hours with the pregame. Ollie Marmel is going to join us in four minutes. He is ready to go from his office at American Family Field in Milwaukee. Great win for the Cardinals, and we'll go through the highlights with him and get his thoughts on that game, and all three of them, actually, against the Brewers in this series. We also have on the show, as I mentioned, Darren Pang. We'll hear from new SLU women's coach Rebecca Tillett. That's at ten forty-five and we're going to hear from one of the greatest coaches of all time Kentucky coach John Calipari who was in St. Louis this week introducing the player of the year at the USBWA Awards Oscar Sheboy, both of them you'll hear them on stage at the Missouri Athletic Club that's at 1105 and my visit on stage as well with Oklahoma coach Porter Moser. That's going to be on the show. 11.30, we'll be joined live by John Moselock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, and then we'll wrap the show with all other sports, NASCAR, PGA Tour, NBA playoffs, and circle back to get you ready for baseball as the Cardinals take on the Brewers this afternoon. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Easter morning. The scoreboard from my house read like this, the Indoor Easter egg hunt went Audrey's way. No, wait. Erica won the indoor. 14-13. The outdoor went to Audrey. She captured that one 12-9. And then we had the dog hunt. And Bear took it 11-7 over Joey. We were really, you know, there was a lot of discussion about that one. What would happen? Joey is an expert. He's a hound dog. He's he's a uh, Uh, Part Beagle, he's a rescue. Part Beagle, part Sharpay. Got a little lab in him, too. Uh, Bear is a great Pyrenees-Australian shepherd mix. Both of them rescues. Uh, Joey can smell things from a mile away, but Bear incredibly captures the 2022 Easter egg dog hunt at the Ackerman House. We will have post-game coverage. Coming up, Cardinals manager Ollie Marmel on KMOX.
4: There's a high fly
2: ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown! Kansas City on America's Sports Voice,
5: KMOX. From the Stiefel Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman with you in downtown St. Louis, and we are joined live by Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Good morning, Ollie. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. How are you? Doing great. I'm sure things are good in that clubhouse after a terrific win last night. What a great finish to the game against the Brewers, Ollie
8: absolutely that was a fun one uh guys came out ready to play it was good to see matty go out there and, and do his thing he uh he was in control of every at bat man established in uses other pitches and then uh the boys were able to score a couple and uh hold on to the lead but uh fun game for sure.
5: No doubt. Here's a highlight. Here's
4: a swing and a miss a breaking ball down and away and Mats took plenty off that pitch to strike out Colton Wong. He
5: can change speeds can he? Steven Matz he's got a good fastball actually surprised me in spring training how good his fastball is but I knew he, he could throw the breaking stuff and he gets Wong right there really nice. He gets five and two thirds. That's just a nice bounce back I'm sure uh, for you as well. You know you have confidence in him but the fact that he got hit hard uh, on that Sunday game and then comes right back at you this time
8: around. No, nah, incredible bounce back. It says a lot about who this guy is. He's uh extremely hard worker, a great character, and, and just cares about his craft. So for him, he was itching to get back out there and prove what he's capable of doing and um, just did a really nice job of uh, controlling that inside part of the plate. I mean, you talked about his fastball. That thing has life to it, good ride to it. Uh, He established in and then got guys opening up and was able to go change up down under the zone. And uh, it was effective, but uh, in complete control of that outing. That was fun to watch.
5: Yeah, he takes care of business and then turns things over to the bullpen. What a bullpen you have. Oh, my gosh. How about this guy? I mean, now, the first time he came out, my my eyes uh, got big. Now, how about this one?
4: The 3-2 pitch with two outs in the bottom of the sixth. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. 100 miles an hour. In fact, 101 on the gun reading. He took the scenic route, the 101.
5: <laughs> John Rooney with the call here on KMOX 101. Whoa. Uh, Ryan Helsley right there. Hells is, uh
8: man, that was fun to watch. He, he comes in there in a tough spot and uh, throws a 3-1 slider for the swing through. And then uh, to follow that up with 101 on the inside half was uh, – was a tough pitch to handle um but uh yeah he's gonna play a big part in what we do here in the late innings and some leverage situations but uh we're seeing a really good
5: arm at the moment no doubt this guy has an arm too working the seven swing and
4: a miss he struck him out he stayed inside and cabrera struck out hero
5: Henesis Cabrera gets the strikeout. He works through the seventh. In the eighth inning, Ollie, he gives up a home run to Victor Caratini, and at that point, you decided to make your move to Gio. But let's talk about Cabrera for a minute, going in an inning and two-thirds for you.
8: It's phenomenal job uh, by Cabby. Um, the luxury of you have a left-hander with some firepower that handles right-handed bats well, and it gave us the luxury of being able to insert him there Um in order to handle the right-handed bats and keep all their lefties on the bench um, and then being able to hand it back to Geo to finish off the game. But uh, this is a guy that's um, maturing and uh, completely in control. He's slowing the game down. He's actually pitching now and not just throwing, and this is an exciting arm force in the back end for sure.
5: Earlier in the game, you got an RBI double from Paul DeYoung. That was nice to see. Cardinals had a one nothing lead. Here we are in the eighth. Cousins on
4: 3-1. and one, The pitch. Arnato drives it left field, down the line, and that ball is going to hit down. It's fair. Arnato digging for second. The throw in, the slide, head first slide, safe. A double for Arnato with two outs.
5: Nolan Arnato with that double, 300th career double for him on his birthday, and he goes flying in there. And then here's Corey Dickerson. All
4: right, back behind the plate, Caratini going through the signs. 2-2 two and two on Dickerson with a man on third. The pitch is swung on, line drive, base hit. Base hit to right field for Dickerson. Arnauto scores, 2 nothing Cardinals. And the Cardinals have scored both runs with two outs tonight.
5: That was after uh, Arnauto took third base. That happened uh, after his double and Dickerson gets the hit and the Cardinals get a huge insurance run, Ollie. Uh, that was really, really
8: big. You have a guy in Dickerson who... Uh, whenever you're new to the to club, you're really wanting to show what you're capable of doing and impress. And this is a guy that's settling in more and more every single day. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that, but that was a big, big time knock uh, needed insurance at the time. And, uh, ended up being a, a game winner. So, uh, yeah, we, we enjoyed that one a lot.
5: Absolutely. Then just to fast forward, we talked about the Caratini home run that made it 2-1. to one. You go to Gio, and he shows why you love him in that situation. He's able to get a strikeout, Ollie, and get out of that inning.
8: No doubt about it. I mean, the more pressure, the more calm this guy is. He's under control and just craves that situation where, um, where everything's on the line and he's having to make pitches, and that's exactly what he did. Um, they went there and pinched hit. After Adamas got on, and um, to get that double play on the changeup was uh thats a—that's a solid pitch and a solid situation there. So that was that was big. Here it is.
4: He twirls the bat, waiting for Gallegos.
8: A lead at first
4: for Adamas. from the stretch. The pitch on the way. Teles hits a ground ball to the second baseman. Tommy Edmund throws to second to get one on to first. It's a double play and a Redbird winner.
5: That is a winner. How about Arenado to making the turn there, uh, to make that a 4-5-3, Ollie? That was some play.
8: No doubt about it. That was uh, that was good to watch. Obviously, he's got plenty of, of arm to finish that play. And um, off the bat, wasn't sure if we'd be able to turn it. Just wanted to make sure we secured that first out at second base. But, uh, he rifled it over, and uh, I'm glad it ended the way it did. Very yeah. nice play by him.
5: Absolutely, and games are full, all these games are full of decisions to make, and you had one to make, didn't you, in the ninth inning? Did you not have T.J. McFarlane warming a little bit, and there was an opportunity there, if you wanted, uh, to go to another reliever, and you stuck with Geo? Uh,
8: yeah, so uh, the rowdy at bat, um, I-, I liked Gio there, and then depending on what was going on, they still had three other lefties in Yellich and Peterson and uh, Narvaez, um, that they could have pinched it for that part of the lineup, so I uh, wanted the option, uh, depending on the situation, to be able to go to TJ, who's a, a solid ground ball guy for us and gets you out of any type of jam. So um, he was uh, he was getting ready, and he was he would have been ready for the next guy, depending on the situation.
5: And the Cardinals win that game. Final score, 2-1. to one. They beat the Brewers, and they go for a series win today. Oliver Marmel is with us from Milwaukee, and we really appreciate this. Looking uh, the day before, you had to make no such uh, tight decisions necessarily because your team put a bunch of runs on the board. And I know that's a lot of fun uh, to pitch with. Miles Michaelis had that assignment and looked fantastic. And the Cardinals just put runs on the board right and left. They won the game 10-1. to one. Ollie, just looking back at... That game on Friday, what did you see?
8: Miles was uh, in control of that outing, Uh, similar to Matt's established in. Had several pitches that he was able to throw for strikes. Got some swing misses on the slider. And just um, the way he went about it was great. Um, Another thing that was super impressive with that day is just our bench guys. You talk about Sosa and, and Lars and kids; These guys came ready to play. Um, Sosa's energy, overall mentality. He's just a competitor. and uh, this is a kid that hasn't seen him in a bat in, in quite a, a bit of time went in there and he was just you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known the difference. He was ready to play. So I, I appreciated the energy that they brought and the competitive nature that they brought to that game. Um, and scoring the amount of runs we did was, uh, was fun to sit back and watch.
5: Yeah, that's a great point. Sosa, two for five, and uh, Newt Barr walked a couple of times, both of them scoring a run. Cardinals yeah. win the game 10 to 1. Uh, Nolan Arenado just on fire once again. He hits a home run in that game. <laughs> he's got f- four home runs. And then we talked about yesterday how he scored on the hit by Dickerson and uh, yeah. continues an absolute tear. What a season he's having!
8: He's having a great season. This is a guy that has a solid routine from the minute he walks into the stadium uh, in the weight room, in the cage, his pregame stuff he does on the field, leading into the game, mentally, physically, he's in a really good spot. And I think we're going to see pretty good output for him uh, all year.
5: What a week for you for your first uh, assignment as manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. You've gone through two opening days. You've had two rainouts. You got the flu. Uh, you've seen your team erupt offensively. You've seen your team locked down uh, with pitching. It's been quite eventful.
8: <laughs> yeah, we're just getting started. Um, I'm excited about these guys. I really am. The the overall feel and camaraderie we have in this clubhouse right now is special. Um and we've just got a, got a bunch of guys that that can ball out. They're, they're really good at what they do. They're professional. They're prepared. And they're having fun out there. And the combination of those things, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of wins.
5: And our pregame show, in addition to the interview that we always have with you, and we appreciate that in addition to this, is we're going to hear from Andrew Kisner. And Kis had... A really nice weekend. He's continuing to have. He's been uh, a, a terrific addition to this organization for a, a, quite a few years now, and and it's starting to show. His he's he's a veteran. I mean, it, it really you could say that now. He's a catcher in the big leagues Don't and looks like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I won't. This is between you and me. But he, you know, he carries himself now like a, a, not that he didn't before, but he's a big leaguer. The way that he talks, the way that he plays, the way that he calls a game.
8: You're you're spot on, Tom. You really are. This is a guy that has really taken advantage. When you're behind Yachty for several years, you can you can do two things. You can either pout that you're not getting enough playing time, or you can really study the way he goes about it, game plans, talk to his pitchers, communicates, manages. Uh, the staff, and this is what Kiz has done. He has he has sat back and really paid attention to the way things are done around here. And then credit to him, he prepares with the best of them. I mean, even when he's not playing, if we go back to last year and he wasn't playing that often, he would still prepare as if he was catching that day's game. And he, he knew the lineup in and out. He knew how to attack some weaknesses, pitch, our pitcher's strengths, how he was going to go about it. If uh, things didn't go as planned, how he can flip the script and, and go to plan B. But he would prepare as if he was playing every day. And now he's having the, the chance to to play more often, and we're seeing the benefits of that. So, credit to him. He's done a very nice job.
5: Just a couple of quick things for Ollie Marmel before he goes, and we really appreciate this live from Milwaukee. Uh, when it comes to Yachty and when it comes to pools, really, you know, I was thinking about that. They're still sort of it's it's the regular season but you know it's only what week two for pools or three and and week three or four for Yachty. i mean they're just kind of getting a late spring training that has to have some effect on their health availability and and kind of your evaluation just early on isn't
8: it tom you're spot on and that's the way we all have to think about it at the moment is um The big win here is having both those guys healthy um, for the entirety of the season. Um, They got a late start to spring training, and we're going to have to protect that and make sure that they're ready to go um, once they start playing more often, that their bodies can handle it. And right now, um, that's the way we're thinking about it. We have a schedule with Yachty. He's on board. Um, We've sat down and and planned this out for the next couple weeks and have a really good understanding of when he's going to play and how how many days, and when does he start going back-to-back and what that looks like, and we feel comfortable with it, and we're going to stick to it.
5: We uh, don't give scouting reports here on Sports on a Sunday morning, of course, but I I, I do, I will be curious to see how it plays out today with Dakota Hudson. You'd love to see him go deep into a game, obviously, Uh, but Jordan Hicks and and how he looked his first time around. Uh, Ollie, what did you think? I liked
8: it. I I really, really did, and uh, this is a a guy that, uh, because of the rainouts, he's been on the uh, on the end of uh, not getting his own start the way the rotation has worked out um so there's a possibility he, he'll be out of the pen today and uh he can throw an inning or two out of the pen and depending on how that goes or doesn't go then uh he'll have a scheduled start in miami so uh we uh we're excited about jordan um he's uh, maturing like crazy he's uh, slowing the game down and i think uh Obviously, we've seen the type of stuff that comes out of his hand, Uh, the combination of that and his mentality. I think we're going to see something special out of him this year.
5: Always great to hear from you. Thank you very much for this. Happy Easter to you and your family and to the St. Louis Cardinals, and good luck today. Appreciate it. Happy Easter. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ollie Marmel with us on KMOX. Great to hear from him. When we come back, it's Darren Pang. The St. Louis Blues are in the playoffs. Panger is next. It's 1030.
7: Selling a little or a lot.
2: whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: There's a high fly
5: ball.
2: Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's our. Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one.
5: Touchdown! Kansas City! America's sports voice. KMOX. Hey, there's a hockey game today blues play the predators today at five o'clock happy easter and what a day cardinals on kmox and the blues play later if you're a viewer on Bally sports midwest you're going to have yourself someday joining us is from Bally sports midwest darren pang the blues analyst good morning and happy easter panger
6: well happy easter to you too as well tom and uh, yes it is a great morning um well, number one, we got here in, in time to have a nice meal in, in Nashville, which is always fun. And, uh, number two, it's an, you know, an early evening game, uh, which is nice. We'll be back home at a good time, but, um, the blues and the predators, Tom, as you know, I mean, these are always good games. Um, love the way the blues are playing. Congratulations to the players and the coach and the managers for, for doing what they did and clinching a playoff spot with that great game yesterday. So, uh, I think, uh, they should be real proud of themselves. It's been a real heck of a season for them.
5: Absolutely, they sweeped the a series against the Wild. They're two zero and one this season against the Preds. They're in the playoffs. I like when they beat their rivals. So that's a that's a <laughs> lot of fun. Uh, and Darren Pang joining us from Nashville. What a scene yesterday! Just what a scene! What a game! Crazy game!
6: Yeah, really great game. Um, um, the atmosphere was electric, and obviously, it was a. Uh, it was a nationally uh, televised game yesterday on uh, the ABC and ESPN platform, so the, their viewers got to see a, just a terrific game. Uh, on a personal note, I got to bring my four granddaughters under the age of two and a half all at the game, and uh, they loved the hitting, and they loved the goals, and they loved Louie. So I had a heck of a day uh, you know, being able to just sit back as a fan and uh, and just watch the game and Um, really enjoy the atmosphere that you don't get to enjoy when you're working the game so um, truly uh, enjoyed it but the the game itself was was um you know a, a game in which they backed each other up you know that big hit by Bushnevich and then Barbashev comes in there the fans get wild up a little bit with that and um then you 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 relinquish a lead but you come back and you win the game so that takes an awful lot of uh intestinal fortitude as well. And I i think the boys have shown a great deal of, of resilience when, when the game gets away from them a little bit.
5: I love hearing you in the seats and, and with all your family there. That's so cool. What a steal Pavel Buchnevich was. I mean, with all respect, you know, we love Sammy. Yes. Uh, Sammy was yeah. was a great Stanley Cup champion for this team. But my goodness, this this guy has been a huge key to everything that's gone on.
6: He, he does more things with the puck than I thought he did. Um, you know, his passing ability is, is playmaker-like. It, it's not, you know, he, he often, um, maybe maybe um, even guilty of it, looks for that second wave or that second look quite often. But he has the ability to make a pass that the pass seems to have no business getting to the other player. No business, but he does it. So he's got, he's got incredible uh, hockey sense um and and obviously the the fact that he's he gets around the ice and he's not afraid to hit he wins battles in the corner been a great penalty killer for the blues he came here well advertised as a good two-way player but i gotta be honest with you tom he's he's far better than i thought he he was going to be and watching him and robert thomas and vladdy tarasenko together i mean they are a top line in the nhl and 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 you can throw them against any line and, and i'll I'll, I'll tell you what. I, if they if they don't win the matchup, they're they're going to be right there. I'm because they can play the game any way you want to play the game. So, uh, yeah, he's been terrific. And yes, I would call him a steal. I, I'm with you all the way on that. No question about it.
5: Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see what he's like as a playoff performer. He had a quote yesterday where he said sweeping Minnesota basically doesn't mean anything. You know, he, he said when the playoffs start, you got to play when you get there so you know we can't sit here and and be excited that we swept him in the regular season as good as it is uh but i'm really excited to see him play and you mentioned robert thomas and i look forward to seeing the robert thomas playoff blues forward that's going to be exciting
6: it is you know because he's he's going to be getting some special attention yeah but that's what i love about the blues i mean which what line do you want to focus on they're 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 Certainly three lines deep and and I think when Tyler Bozak comes out I think we can get a fourth line uh that makes us four lines deep um but let's let's focus on the first three if you're the opposition you want to focus on Robert Thomas well you better have another line that can that can like can dial in on on uh on Ori because if you want to leave you know David Prawn and Saad and O'Reilly going up against a third pairing matchup look out I mean the Blues are going to take advantage of that and then um, the thing I like about well, there's a lot of things I like about Braden Shen, um, but if you've got a big strong line like the Greenway line is an example, I mean Braden Shen, can, you know that he can go in against them and and forecheck and be that be that kind of grinding guy, and uh, and so there's there's your matchup. So I, that's where the Blues have been so successful. Tom is that. We've got you know we got the seven twenty goal scorers. You've got depth. Uh, you've got terrific center icemen. Uh, Win faceoffs. Uh, control the play. So no, all all in all, it's uh, it'll be a tough out for some team to knock off the St. Louis Blues.
5: Nick Letty is questionable for this game. He got uh, hit under the left eye in the second period yesterday. Took a high stick. Any update on him?
6: Yeah, he, you know he looks. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look great, but he he um, looks like he's good to go. He did uh, he did board the plane and come here to Nashville. I talked to him briefly about it. We were, we had this great conversation, Tom, about orbital bones and uh, you, you know, orbital bones um, were created for a reason to protect your eyeballs, your eye socket. And I think he got some help right there uh, between, you know, the visor and the stick. Uh, it, it, it didn't damage any part of his eye ball, of uh, vision wise, um, but a, a little bit of a scary incident. Uh, it would surprise, it would surprise me if he didn't play let's put it that way, based on my conversation with him.
5: That's good to hear. And, you know, he's been playing well. Justin Falk's been dynamic and outstanding and, mm-hmm. and looking forward to seeing with the Blues defense. I want to skip back over to Ford real quick and ask you about Jordan Cairo. You know, we rave, obviously, about all those players on that, what we think is the top line right now. I, you know, I, I'm I'm wondering, and, I, and I've and i sort of been down this road before, haven't we, with Craig Berube challenging Jordan Cairo to be better all around. What, what do you see there?
6: Oh, there's no question his play's dropped off. I mean, you know, between uh, these illnesses or however he's been feeling, um, you know, he had such a electrifying beginning to the season, um, which is common for young players uh, that play the way he plays. Um, all Craig Berube has encouraged him to do now is get away from the traffic areas. This isn't the time, this isn't the place to try to go one-on-three uh, or go a you know, enter the blue line when they've got three guys lining up. Um, He wants him to use his speed and go wide. That's playoff hockey. We've seen that with Robert Thomas in Calgary. Used his speed, went wide, beat three players, set up a beautiful goal. We saw Braden Shen uh, going wide. um, uh, That was against Minnesota two games ago. That's kind of ignited that comeback, trailing three to one. Went wide on, on Ben, blasted right through, went right to the net. That's what he's telling Jordan Cairo to do. Use your speed and go wide. Uh, But for whatever reason, he's hesitant to do that, and now he's been relegated to the fourth line. So it'll be up to him to figure things out, and I'm sure he will. He's a competitive kid, and and he knows that he's not playing the way he can play.
5: I'll be curious to see as we wrap up with uh, Darren Pang and really appreciate this. He's in uh, Nashville for Bally Sports Midwest, 5 o'clock face-off today. Make sure you tune in to that awesome crew. I'm very curious to see what happens in net here. Uh, Villa Huso made 31 saves yesterday, but there is a 6-5 game that you, that you have hanging out there. And then Jordan Bennington, who would, I, I would assume would come back and have a good game today. He's looked better. Uh, what do you think about that situation?
6: I do agree with you, and I, I, I've, I've been steadfast in this belief that at one point this year, uh, you know, Jordan Binnington will be back, and he'll be back and, and playing with the same kind of swagger that he played with. It's a long season. You, we need two guys. Billy Huso has clearly taken that number one role, um, but I like the way, I like the way that, uh, that Jordan's been battling. I like the way fundamentally he's played. He looks like he's getting back to the, the basics of the game, being sound on top of his crease um this this will probably be the toughest test for him um i will say this and if if fans don't know like when when a goaltender plays a good game and then finds out that he's not playing the next game um they don't just put on the ball cap and sit on the bench and and be happy campers he's not been pleased with not playing and that's good that's what you want to see so tom i uh my expectation is that he is playing obviously today back-to-back games and like you said with the score yesterday billy's played a lot of hockey but uh, th- these are the moments uh, in this kind of building uh, that we usually see a, a real special Jordan Bennington in that.
5: Darren Pang is joining us in the Stiefel Sports Studio here on Sports on a Sunday Morning. And before we go, I just want to say this. You are very nice to do this today, and I feel like I want to do something for you. And the best that I can do right now is to tell everybody to tune in to Bally Sports Midwest. Because, Panger, there, there aren't that many productions left for that crew you know as you know in the postseason they turn things over um i forget which exact point but eventually they turn things over to national telecasts and i just think it's one of the great crews in the country i really do i mean the product the baseball one's good too but the hockey product is so good and uh, we're we're very fortunate
6: i appreciate that tom we will have the first round um and there will be no exclusivity from either espn or tnt Mm-hmm. Uh, they will take it over after that first round. And I will relay that to Timmy Pabst and Phil Mollica, uh, our unbelievable crew here, because uh, you're right. It is special for us to, to get ready for the playoffs and, and to get dialed up for that first round because that's, that's what we do and then it gets taken over. So hopefully the Blues have a great run and then uh, National TV takes over and uh, they take them all the way to the Stanley Cup final.
5: Absolutely. Can't wait for it. We appreciate you very much. Best to everybody there. Go get a win today.
6: Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Happy Easter to everybody.
5: Happy Easter. There's Darren Pang with us from Nashville as the Blues visit the Predators at 5 o'clock today at Bridgestone Arena on Bally Sports Midwest. KMOX has the Cardinals game, the Cardinals and the Brewers. They start at 110. Bally has it as well. And Danny Mack has been killing it in Milwaukee. He's been awesome. Brad Thompson right alongside. Awesome. Uh, We look forward to all of it today. It's a great sports day. And on Easter Sunday, we'll take a quick timeout and another sport to highlight that is college basketball. The women's coach at St. Louis university is Rebecca Tillett. She is on deck coming up after the break. Then after the 11 o'clock news, John Calipari, the hall of fame coach at Kentucky, the player of the year, Oscar Sheboy, and Porter Moser, the head coach at Oklahoma. They were all at the Missouri athletic club this past week. You'll hear them. It's good stuff. It is coming up. John Mosellock at 1130, and we'll get you set for the Cardinals at 1215. To the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning.
4: And it's our gutter. Big by Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal
2: injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown,
5: Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. And welcome back to KMOX. We are at St. Louis University, Chaffetz Arena. The new women's basketball coach for the Billikins is Rebecca Tillett. She's with us now, and congratulations, first of all.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, so excited to meet everybody and get started
5: how has it been the last couple of days you've been able to spend time with these women
0: yep we were able to have our first team meeting yesterday which is great you know lay the foundation of the vision and hear from them as well started some individual meetings already where we get to know each other and then today we had our first practice which our first workout which is my favorite time of any day if you find me in the court you know on the court with the women
5: so what is the big step here the first step trying to get to know everybody here and then branch out in the community?
0: Great question. I think you have to do it all simultaneously. I think, you know, we've got to get out. I'm hoping to be in some high school gyms here. It's permissible on Friday and a couple days next week. So I've got to get out and build the community relations as well. I know our women are planning to serve next week and do some community service. So I think we've got to do that at the same time as we get to know each other lay down the foundation of our vision and start working already towards those goals we need every day.
5: Let's go kind of backwards on the timeline so you're coming from Longwood just came off an NCAA tournament appearance won a game with the Lancers And it was a remarkable turnaround, Rebecca. How did you, how do you turn around a program like that?
0: You know, I think you, you have to have a vision and then you have to believe that you can do it. And then you've got to put your head down and really, really work and stay the course. So obviously in a run like that, there are times that are difficult and times that are challenging and losses that sting it's how you respond to that, right? Are those failures going to stop you from your development, or are you gonna use those as fuel for future success? Um, So I think I was just fortunate to have a lot of strong women that did more than buy-in, right? They went a step past buying in. They allowed our culture of empowering women and getting better every single day and excellence to be a part of their everyday life. And when so many people commit to that so strongly, you have the opportunities that we did.
5: Longwood is in the state of Virginia, and that's where you're from. Also, I find this interesting. You spent some time at Navy. How did that come about, and what was that experience like, the Naval Academy?
0: Great. Such a great question. You know, every stop in your coaching career, there's always a, a great story of it. And how I ended up at Navy was a mutual coach that i coached against in high school who actually just got named the head coach at Temple. She recommended me to the Naval Academy coach. So, you know, you hear people say it's who you know. It's also how you carry yourself and how you interact that they think of you, and they mention your name. So she mentioned my name, and I got the opportunity opportunity to go to Navy. What a unique experience that I'll forever remember in my career. Um, You know, obviously that institution is about excellence and service uh, to the country. And I think just getting the opportunity to recruit and coach women who make such a commitment, right? Not only are they saying, yes, I commit to competing for championships with my teammates, they're saying I commit to serve my country for five years after I compete for championships. Um, And that's a really special group of people. And so I learned a lot during that time and have stayed in touch with those women and they're doing incredible things all over the world
5: and you mentioned high school coaching that would help in recruiting right you can connect with high school coaches
0: absolutely you know so many people have what they define as a certain path that we should all take in whatever given field is i rely on what i learned as a high school coach in every aspect of my college coaching and certainly within recruiting i've been on that side where they're working tirelessly to help a girl earn the opportunity to compete for you know championships on scholarship and become a woman so they deeply are invested in that process and yes often when I walk in the gym and we have that conversation and they realize wait you did this you did this for 10 plus years then that's a good groundbreaker for us in terms of you know how are we going to move forward and there's a mutual respect quickly established
5: I think you've been learning coaching your entire life probably before you even knew you were learning it because your dad was a coach mom mom coached yeah Coaching is also teaching.
0: Coaching to me is teaching, and it's just your classroom, right? There's professors that have different subject areas. Um, for me, the court is my classroom, and when I had the opportunity, why would I leave the classroom for teaching? It was because my favorite subject is basketball. So if I can teach that and study that every single day, talk about ball screen D all night, then that's what I want to do. So that, the opportunity to coach to me is to teach every day just my favorite subject.
5: So as you get your family here, your husband, kids, uh, we'll get you acclimated to St. Louis. Yes. We we'll get you, You're going to become a St. Louis.
0: Yes, yes. we got to do that process quickly. I've got to become <laughs> immersed in the culture quickly. So help. Everybody help.
5: Rebecca Tillett, head coach at St. Louis University. Really appreciate the time.
0: Thank you so much for the time and the coverage of our women.
5: Appreciate uh, Rebecca Tillett, and we appreciate covering the women's basketball program at St. Louis University. We'll be back for more this upcoming season. We are the home of the Billikins Men's team adding Javon Pickett over that last week. Nice pickup for them. Also, Larry Hughes Jr. Tell you what, slew men are going to be loaded. But that women's team, they've got some talent on that team, no doubt about it. And Rebecca Tillett is going to be scanning the St. Louis area for talent. This high school scene is very, very strong, and they're going to try to retain as much as they can. I do want to say this, though, before I give you the lineup for the Cardinals, which I see is out, um, uh, Oliver Marmel has submitted his lineup card and we appreciate him joining us earlier this hour. I want to say this about Lisa Stone. She is loved and uh, so is that staff. And I don't think there's any doubt about it that when I was there in the house, you could still feel the sentiment and the love for that staff. And Lisa Stone did a terrific job. Uh, The fact of the matter is in this business, it, it is, there are decisions that have to be made and it can be uh, difficult sometimes to make those decisions and have those conversations. And I think that the, it does not reflect whatsoever on the performance of Lisa Stone as a coach and as a human being. She has been tremendous uh, to everybody in this community and especially those players on that St. Louis University basketball team. I think that you can like both. I think you can say that you appreciate the career of Lisa Stone and wish her the very, very best in everything that she does and also say that Rebecca Tillett is going to have a very strong career uh, and uh, hopefully that is right here in St. Louis for a long time because you want that Billikens program to be great and the women's team, the men's team, those athletic programs at SLU, they have high aspirations right now, very high and I look forward to seeing what can be accomplished there. Here's the lineup for the Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers today. You ready for this? Albert Pujols back in the lineup. Albert is batting fifth. He is the DH today as the Cardinals take on the brew crew. Here's your lineup. Dylan Carlson, who's a nice lineup. Dylan Carlson leads off and plays right field. Paul Goldschmidt is the first baseman batting second. Tyler O'Neill is in left field batting third. Nolan Arenado is in the lineup. He is the cleanup hitter. Will he ever come out of the lineup, James? I don't think so. He's the third baseman. He's the cleanup hitter today. He is as hot as any player in baseball right now. Albert Pujols will bat fifth. He's the DH. Tommy Edmond, he's been swinging a good bat. He's the second baseman, batting sixth today. Harrison Bader is in center field, batting seventh. And Paul DeYoung, the shortstop, bats eighth. Behind the plate, Andrew Kisner. He will bat ninth. Now, Yachty is not injured. Uh, you heard... Uh, uh, Oliver Marmol say it on this show this and I kind of led him into that for as an explanation from what I understand and you know, they really are just gonna keep an eye on Yachty and not overwork uh, what he's doing uh, because he is coming out of essentially uh, a very very short spring training uh he sh- he did not play a lot of games so they're trying to ease him in uh, that's what they're saying they're protecting him kind of playing the long game here with Yachty or Molina and with Albert Pujols to some extent also. But that's the explanation that we got. Kisner is in the lineup. He is the catcher today, and he's been strong. He bats night. There's your lineup today. Carlson, Goldschmidt, O'Neal, Arenado, Pujols, Edmund, Bader, DeYoung, and Kisner. On the other side, the Brewers are going to go with Colton Wong at second base. Willie Adamas, the shortstop. Christian Yelich, the left fielder. Andrew McCutcheon is the right fielder batting fourth. Rowdy Telez is the first baseman. Uh, then they go with Keston Hura as the D.H., Omar Novaez, the catcher, Tyrone Taylor is the center fielder, and Jace Peterson is the third baseman batting ninth. The Cardinals will be throwing Dakota Hudson today. He gets the start for St. Louis. And on the other side, you know, I think this is something you're going to see all season long is Albert Pujols facing a lefty, and it's Aaron Ashby. He's a 23-year-old lefty. He'll be starting against the Cardinals today. Can't wait. When we come back, more basketball after the 11 o'clock news. This from the Stiefel Sports Studio is sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX.